This podcast was made possible thanks to Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today I'm here with Brendan Carroll from Peninsula Grammar. G'day, g'day. We are, hello, hello. <laughs> and we are going to talk through the VCE Drama Exam 2019. As a disclaimer, uh, neither Brendan nor I taught VCE Drama 3-4 this year. Nope. Uh, but we think it's still uh, interesting to talk about the exam. And just to reiterate what I said uh, during the last episode is that uh, we met at the Drama Vic Conference 2019. And I said, hey, what episodes does DSI not do? And he said, breaking down the exam. Yeah, I thought, I said, what a great we, idea. Why don't we talk about the exam? So this is essentially two, two you know, teachers, um, performance teachers, theatre studies teachers, and sometimes drama teachers, um, that are just talking about the exam. So we are, as a disclaimer, in no way um, associated with the VCAA, um, nor do we mark the exams. We're just um, discussing our ideas, thoughts, and opinions, and ways to prepare and revise. And I have been an assessor, just not this year. Yeah. 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 Just worth mentioning that we're not in any way associated. This is not gospel. These are ideas. Uh, great. So uh, let's get to it. Okay. We hope that you will be reading through the exam with us. We're not going to be reading everything out, especially this VC drama exam. There is so much to read all the way through it. Just uh, understand that we're going to be going question one, question two, question three. You have a read with us. We're also not really going to be responding specifically to the productions that we saw because the productions will be different for yeah, you. We're yeah, just definitely. talking about the kinds of things that are going to happen there. So should we jump to question one? Let's just jump straight into it. Yeah. So I feel like with most exams, the first question is usually a short answer question, something easy to get you into it. And remember, you can start anywhere in the exam. You don't have to start with question one. You can start absolutely anywhere, you know, a place that you find is easier. Um that you might want to um, start with to get the flow going. But question one here is just a simple three marker that says, describe how one production area was used in the performance of your selected play. For three marks. For three marks. And look how many lines there are. There's only space for really one, two, three, four, five, six lines. So be quick, get really, straight into it. They've said it time and time again, you can use dot points. And yeah. they're obviously clearly asking of you to use dot points and be succinct here. Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't teach drama last year, but I did go see Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. No, that was just so full. It's just so full, <laughs> and it full, was full. packed full of stuff. Um, I, I think straight away I'd be able to like pick out you know, an Alan a set or costume that I could talk about straight away. Um, we're, gonna, we're not going to give detailed examples here. We're going to be trying to be quicker than our last podcast on theatre studies. But uh, I think that that's just a really easy one to go bang in, you do some dot points, get three. Um, you could do three really quick ones or you could do one really great one in detail and um, get your first three marks. Yeah, and use sophisticated language if you're only talking about that one moment. Yeah. Be really clear that you That's understand right. how to talk about that area. Yeah. And then here's the important word at the start of question B or part B of question one. Evaluate. Such an important yeah. word. Evaluate is not analyze. You have to make sure you use that evaluative language. Yeah. Now we talked about this in the last podcast, but we'll, we'll just quickly say it again. Evaluate just, um, they, VCAA are looking for answers that are a little bit more sophisticated than this was an effective use. You know, you could be successful saying successful. successful. Yeah. We need more masterfully, right. beautifully. Yeah, you could be saying, you know, the actor cleverly manipulated the actor-audience relationship because they you know, came close and whispered something and included us in on the um, in the uh, the discussion. Hopefully those of you that are um, fans of ASMR liked my little <laughs> whisper into the microphone just then. Um, but, Dynamic uh, and bold. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was a really bold choice. Sorry, Dynamic. You know, you're using language that just Engaging, isn't... Engaging. Yeah, creative. Yeah. Or the opposite, disengaging. Yep. Jarring. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now let's talk about actor audience relationship. I think that's really important I to talk love about. Actor, it's, the manipulation of actor audience relationship is the best part of doing VC drama. Yeah. And understanding that relationship. Yeah. And I think when you're when you're talking about actor audience relationship, you have to talk about, or you don't have to, but it's important to talk about. Well, how did the actor make the audience feel, or how did they make you respond? Um, you, you'll see in the cross study specifications in the um, in the study design. Um, the, the term actor audience relationship is says it says the actor considers what impact they intend their performance to have on the audience. So it's about the impact or the way you make the audience feel. Um, it's not a relationship like oh I, I um <laughs> like I, I really liked that actor so therefore I filmed a close bond. It's not about a bond. It's the way that the actor manipulates the room and the atmosphere in the room to make you feel a certain way. Like the actor be- might do things intentionally to make you like them. Yeah. Often they do that to the main the protagonist. Mm. They give them something that they have to overcome or they mm. give them an obstacle or, or it they could make be them the, relatable. Or it could be the opposite. They oh. could be really cold. They could um they could turn their back to you and distance themselves from you. Um, and that's an actor audience relationship as well. Or they well. can immerse you fully. You could be yep. in the acting space. That's right, yeah. yeah. yeah an actor audience relationship is really different. You, you're able to touch things and you're able to be part of it. Yeah. Or perhaps it's a fourth wall experience, but yeah. it's very unlikely any of you saw a fourth wall theatre piece. They yeah. Established fourth wall. They would have broken the wall many times. So I think that. when talking about actor audience relationship, it's important to define what the relationship was. Sometimes students can be vague and they can talk about all the things the actors did but not about how it made the audience feel. So that, that it's really important to define well, what or was... how they hoped they would feel. Yeah. That's why the evaluation came. That's right. Yeah. By inviting the audience members onto the stage, they hoped to immerse them in the experience. But what it really did is, is make the audience uncomfortable and it made them less yeah. willing to engage and yeah. talk because the actor's body odor was so horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hopefully that didn't was, happen. Was, who knows? <laughs> uh, Question C. Analyze. Analyze. You do not need to evaluate yeah. here. Back to the how and why. Um, how the actors use conventions to represent characters and to communicate meaning in the performance. So conventions, that's a, uh, a relatively new term in the state design. What are conventions, Nick Waxman? Those four conventions, transformation of time, transformation mm-hmm. of place, transformation of character and application of symbol. But that's conventions right. actually in this exam, because later they talk about conventions again, conventions can actually be just conventions of theatre styles. Yep. yep so that's it right. depends if they're really specific. Later in the exam, they're very specific about the conventions they want here, which yep. I think it upsets them people on the drama victoria website when i was looking on the facebook page <laughs> yeah people were saying well they were not clear about what conventions the students were allowed to talk about they could be talking about conventions of different theater styles so mm. placards for epic theater for example is a convention yeah. mask for ancient greek uh, but are they asking the students to just talk about the four main conventions or so worth talking about here yeah i suspect later they're clear yeah i suspect in this question when they just say conventions um, they're not talking about conventions of a specific theatrical style. I think oh, sorry, of about... any theatrical style. Oh, of sorry, any theatrical style, yeah, yeah. Of the theatrical style of the piece. Yes, sorry, yeah, I was yeah, unclear yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here I think you could, yeah, you could talk about conventions, any conventions that you saw. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to note that the, um, the study design does mention some conventions by name. Uh, they give you some examples. Um, aside from the, the main four ones that you mentioned, transformation of time, place, character, and symbolism, um, there's also, they also mention asides, caricature, exaggerated movement, heightened use of language, pathos, placards, satire, songs, stillness and silence, etc., etc. So these are all conventions of theatre. Um, that And remember, some conventions are just conventions of theatre in general yeah. that don't belong to a theatrical style. Um, so silence and stillness, for example, is just a convention of theatre, something we use all the time. You could say it's an absurdist 
convention, yeah. but it's not necessarily one. Yeah, when, or when it's used in a way that, that, you know, when it's totally anachronistic, when yeah. there's no reason for it to happen. That well, could we be have used. a whole episode of the aside on convention versus intention. Ah, uh, do how, you? Uh, understanding a convention and if it's being used with the right intention or not will change right. it totally. Anyway. Worth a listen. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Can, you, can I cross-promote within here? Yeah, of course you can. Maybe. Great. Uh, can. Yeah, moving on to the next section. Yeah, This yeah. is a seven marker, so make sure you are giving at least seven examples or using seven moments of sophistication. You really want to be clear to yeah. hit those dot points. Now, here is section B. This is when comprehension becomes important. I talked to the, my amazing drama teacher here, Amanda Sykes, that this was very much a comprehension task. And if you have a student that struggles with uh, understanding and comprehending large slabs of text and information, that they're really going to struggle with some of these questions. Yeah. The amount of things they have to remember in order... It can be overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. So just so we're clear, we, we probably want to be scaffolding this for our students, ensuring that they have opportunities to read both um, short uh, questions and longer questions to prepare for them for these mammoth things that happen. 17 marks for question one. I know it's broken up, but still, there was a lot of, not complaint, but discussion yeah. around yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what I like about the exam in 2019 is that is that it is broken up into really manageable small chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good thing. Um, you know, first question is only two marks, second question, three marks. Um, next question, it's really, it's just chunks, um, which I think is really, really helpful. So question one, part A, describing the dramatic potential of the stimulus image, yes, which are quite is, different. Yeah, it's really warm. different ones, yeah. And I guess this is just two marks, three lines. So just bang, extrapolate one idea and tell me about it really clearly. Um, and so you, you look at that Walmart picture, you're thinking about people stacking shelves. Yeah, yeah. Straight away, I mean, that not that a great stimulus image for an ensemble? Because you straight away get images of people stacking shelves, people working as one, almost robotic, like a production line, shoppers going through their day, you know, taking things off the shelves, putting them in the cart, lining up. So you suddenly get, you get a sense of like exactly how that could look in an ensemble performance. And make sure you've read that it's an ensemble performance. If you answer all of this as, an, as a solo, um, unfortunately, they will not provide you with marks. Yeah. Which is a shame. So you've got to link your idea to either character, theme, scenario, mood, convention, or production area. Straight away, I'm, I'm drawn towards mood. I see like that robotic, monotonous mood every day of you know, shops. Or, or themes could be like consumerism and how we just take, 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 spend, 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 eat, 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 consume, consume, consume. And then that second image is probably nature versus technology. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And looking at um, that being a, a theme yeah. that you could explore. Um, so, and, you know, you could really go anywhere with that character. You could talk about Mother Nature um, yeah. and her growing uh, dissatisfaction of the way we, you know. So um, don't think too hard about that question. Yeah. Have some good ideas, but... Really, things that jump out at you. What would you have written, do you think? I definitely would have jumped to the idea of stacking shelves or yeah. the idea of being a box. What's it like to be a box on a shelf waiting to be picked up? Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, <laughs> I, I like that. What, how I does think, that feel? Yeah, I think it would have gone straight to consumerism as a theme um, or the, the this mood of like robotic, um, you know, doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. um, and talked about maybe like a, a cohesive sort of moment of like the ensemble moving choral movement at the same time, everyone stacking the boxes, everyone buying the boxes, everyone checking, you know, eating their product. Well, that can come back in, in question C or part C. It can. As well. And the second image, I think the sun wanting something, the sun yearning for attention and no one's giving it to them except this one lady and the sun having this great response to the um, the sun loving this yeah, one yeah, character yeah. in the space but not enjoying the disengaged people perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So part B is explain how the actors will use the playmaking technique of improvisation to explore their response to the dramatic potential. So now you give them that idea, robotic movement and consumerism mm-hmm. and then 
how are they going to bring that to life? During, yeah. Using improvisation. And is it going to be a school of fish situation? That's What's right. Happen? Yeah. And here's where it's so important to actually understand more about improvisation apart from just the word improvisation. Um, I think a lot of students go, oh, improvise. oh, so I will just improvise doing this. Or I will improvise doing that. And that's the, but improvisation is, is a way of, of testing something. It's a way of, as an actor, of understanding, you know, um, character and motivations and, um, and how things might work. So you can actually use improvisation as a tool. So here you need to know, you know, um, you know maybe what, what kinds of improvisations would you use? So for example, if, you're, if you've chosen character, um, maybe one of the improvisations you use is a hot seat. Um, so hot seating, if you don't know, is, is when you sit in a seat and, and people just throw questions at you. You have to fire back the answers in character. So if you're Mother Nature, they say to you, Mother Nature, how long have you been alive? Oh, I've been alive for millions of years. Um, what are you concerned about in 2019? Oh, I'm concerned about the... And so you, you're actually building character through just responding to questions. Yeah. And the responses don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Because you're using this as a technique for developing your solo. I'm yeah. a million years old. Only a million? Oh, okay, fine. I'm 10 million years old. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. a day old. I have yeah, no age. That's yeah. right. Try yeah. the hot seat a few different ways. Or have a double hot seat or a triple hot seat with three people in character are having a conversation and people are coming at them with questions. And then you have to refer to one dramatic element. And remembering that symbol is off our dramatic element list. Application of symbol is now a convention. That's right. Remember that? Yep. So you can't yep. talk about symbol. Talk about conflict or, or climax or contrast. Mm. What dramatic element will draw you into this one, do you think? Uh, contrast, I would say the difference between the robotic movements and consumerism versus Mother Nature. Yeah, I think contrast is a really strong one to pick, I think. Um, especially for my students, they love talking about, they can clearly talk about the, the difference between one thing and another and how two things are contrasting. Um, and I think those, yeah, that certainly that second stimulus image shows a strong contrast. Yeah. And then part C, at the end of the improvisation process, the actors will set the time and place for the opening moment. And then they want you to clearly state that time and place. This mm-hmm. is probably because we found that students are getting confused or being uh, inconsistent with their responses. Here they have to really clearly put their money where their mouth is and say, this is the time, this is the place. Yeah. This is how I'm going to bring it to life. Yeah. Eliminates um, any, any vagueness. Yeah, and in the opening moment, the actors will communicate the time and place. Now, how are you going to do that? And it cannot be, they're being clear, remember how I said they're really clear later about the conventions? It cannot be through transformation of character, time or place or application of symbol. So state your convention. For example, we could go back to placards. I'm going to write the time and place on a placard and hold it above my head. (laughs) I'm not sure if that moves beyond reality of life as lived in a sophisticated way, but you can see how that could clearly establish time and place in a moment. Yes. But you might want to think more deeply than that. Perhaps. Yes, yeah, I think so. And um, and remembering that you can use any any convention of theatre to, to establish time and place. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be it could be just the use of sound, sound soundscape. So if the you know the actors create you know a bird call, you know cock a doodle doo, and like the sounds of birds chirping, um, a sunny morning. Yeah, then a, a sat- clock chiming. A clock chiming. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden you've got you've got a morning in the countryside. Yeah. Um, Google Maps waking you up. <laughs> What's the new person called? Siri, Siri. or like oh, no, Alexa? Alexa, thank Alexa. You. I doubt that's even new. I can't believe it's called Alexa. Well, new. she's she's a couple of years old now. About three. It's probably a new one. Yeah, but um, it might just be as simple as like saying, "Hey Alexa, what time of day is it today?" Yes. <laughs> what is the time? Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is five o'clock on Monday morning, yeah. April seventeenth. But also, actors showing the time of day by showing how they walk in, how they move. Yeah, you know, elements of costume that are suggesting time and place. Definitely, to definitely. If you want to establish a very specific moment in time, that's different from establishing a general time and a general place through accent and verbal and non-verbal communication. Yeah. So, how could you show, for example, that the time was five a.m. in the morning and the place was 
um, you know, your, your kitchen. You've woken up early for breakfast. Well, as an actor, you can baby in your baby. <laughs> you can use exaggerated movement as an actor. So, you know, you come in, you know, extreme, oh, big stretch. Your eyes are adjusting to the light. So you're squinting. Your face is all scrunched up. Your hands are out searching across the, the countertop because yeah, you can't are see. sleeping. Yeah. Loudly snoring. Snoring in the background. Yes. So that's, that's a way that you can use a convention of theater um, to establish time and place. Right, so uh, that's what they wanted you to do with your yeah. three marks. Describe how the actors will do that, which is important. Don't rely um, just on sound and things yeah. like that. You want to make sure the actors are doing that. So Question D. During the performance, the actors will transform time and or place. The entire ensemble, the group of actors, transforms all at the same moment. Now, mm. using one performance skill and one production area, analyze how you will create a seamless moment of, trans- of transformation. Now, it's asking you to select a performance skill all about timing. Now, mm. let's break down the four performance skills. Yes. See, so, we have focus, energy, actor-audience relationship, or timing. I wonder which one they really want you to talk about <laughs> when they're wanting the entire ensemble um, to transform at the same moment. I would probably say timing. Yeah, I'd go straight to timing. Idea. Yeah. Um, but they might be... say it's too obvious. Oh, don't do the obvious oh. one. I want you to use actor-audience relationship to do it. Well, I think in an exam, you go with the most obvious answer for you. Um, an exam, I don't think, is the time for you to go, oh, I've never really talked about actor-audience relationship in the in the transformations before. Let's, let's try that because I don't think other people are going to do it, so I'm going to be a bit out there. I think be safe and go with the ones that you feel most confident with. So um, they're stacking the boxes one two, three, four, they're using um, the code, you know, they're going one, zero, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero, zero. And when they get to one, one, they all turn at the same time. Yeah. Utilizing that, that yeah. performance skill of timing to face the audience and then run directly at them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what are, I always say to my students, what, is, what are some ways that we transform in theater? Um, what are some what are some linking devices to get from one moment to the next if we're going from one place to the other? And some of the ones that we really get down to are you, you can use language to transform, like your example then of the one zero one zero. Um, sometimes the, the words you say can lead you into the next moment. Um, for example, um, you might say, um, oh, now I'm going to think of an example on the spot. While you do, uh, the idea of song as well, singing a song in two different contexts. Yes. So what's it like to sing a song in a robotic, monotonous way? And yeah. Becoming more free, establishing a childhood, going back in time. Yeah. Like that song used to mean something very different. Yeah. So then I've got an, while you're thinking that, I've got an example. So, you know, you might be transforming from a church into, um, a, you know, a younger version of yourself being told off by by someone. So that so in church, you might have the pastor saying, Peace be with be with you, and also with you. And then that the word you, the final word, could become the the first word of the next scene you're doing. So peace be with you, and also with you are the worst child I've ever experienced. Me. So language can get you there. Movement can get you there. I think movement's probably the most common one. So one action turns into another. You know, one sweeping gesture of of ex, escorting someone out the door of your office becomes a hug of of, of um, meeting someone in a different location. Um, and if you, you can't see what I'm doing here, because this is obviously a podcast, but my arm was sweeping out. But the other of a sweeping open gesture. An open gesture. Handshake, greeting them for the first time. That's right, from, yeah. From a get out, you're fired to Mr. Johnson, welcome. <laughs> yes. You know, the idea of showing that contrast. Yeah, yeah. Relationship and that too. could be like a great way of doing a montage of like, you're fired, welcome, Mr. Johnson. You know, you're fired, Mr. Johnson, welcome, Miss Johnson. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, going through all these people. Um, but yeah, so you should have a, a good few ways in your mind of how do you transform from one location to another? Is it through actions? Is it through voice? Is it through sound? Does the lighting shift? Do you remove a costume item? Yeah. W- what happens with your production yeah. area at that point? Oh yes, because of course that is important. I forgot about that. There's one production area in this role too. I mean, in this question, 
Um, so, you know, is, is there a lighting shift? Um, straight away, I'd be going to, I'd be using like costume or mask mm-hmm. or something, and you know, in conjunction with a sweeping gesture. Um, or yeah. the sound of, of rhythm on the floor and how that shifts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine going from Walmart 2020 or you know, Kmart 2020 to, the, you know, the caves mm. of, of early humanhood. Um, how different, how, how that monotonous drumming would sound different. Question A. Now, this is once again where they want you to write down what you're thinking before you say it. This actually helps you. I I have no problem with this. I think this is fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, because you have to clearly state the conflict that you're going to use. You have to clearly state your dramatic element. Mm -hmm. And then Um, ask you to evaluate how the selected dramatic element will engage audiences in specific and intentional ways. That word's so important too, intentional ways. It is really, yeah, really important. And And this question gives you a sort of little fake scenario here. Um, to help you evaluate. So it gets you to imagine that um, that you've finished the ensemble performance and the, you're reflecting on their audience's feedback. So th- in this way, it gives you a chance to evaluate um, and use that evaluative language. And you, we talked about this before. You do really have to kind of imagine what the audience said. Uh, I think that once again, there was a bit of discussion on the forums about just that sentence. After the presentation of the devised ensemble performance, the actors reflect on the audience's response. So you have to imagine that the audience has seen your performance and that they have responded and you have to come up with the responses yeah. and then evaluate how your dramatic elements engage those audiences. It's almost like one of those sentences is not necessary. You almost don't need it. I think it creates a little bit of confusion. I'm, I'm going to be interested in the assessor's report on that. Yeah, sentence. yeah. I think it'll be interesting to find out because it's not it's not what we're expecting on this exam. It's not something we've had before. I can that I can think of. Yeah, and your I think what you said was great because it did it. it I can see why it's there and the purpose of it, and mm. they're trying to lead students to a place where they can reflect on what people have said, and they don't want them to say, "Well, the no audience hasn't seen it. It's just in my mind." Yeah. So they want. Uh, but experience. I think the danger is some students may have looked at that and thought, "Oh, I have to provide feedback." So um, they've, they've probably spent half the question going, well, the audience saw the ensemble and thought that, and thought this and they thought that and they thought this and they thought that. And so, and then and the, they didn't get to their evaluating part to maybe the last couple of lines. Yeah. I'd imagine that would have been a problem with that one. Might be. All right, question two, 18 marks. Right. Stimulus materials three um, and to eight. For the solo performance. Yes, make sure you understand that it's not the ensemble anymore. That's going to be important detail. Once again, we're not going to read this whole page. No, there's a lot here to unpack. Um, so we're not going to... You're reading along, so you can see. Um, but we're just going to talk about some of the challenges and, and things that you, you know, might make it easier for you. And once again, a lot of fill-in-the-blank stuff that you can do to jump in just to come up with ideas, like list three words or phrases about the two characters. Yeah. From the stimulus material, the child might be represented in that little figure trying to climb over the wall. Mm-hmm. You might talk about how you might describe the child, some words that might come up. Yeah. Here's where the stimulus images are so important. Um, so when you're, when you're looking for three words that describe the child um, or the other character, then you, you're looking at those stimulus images uh, are really, really important. Uh, the wall is quite an obvious one. Um, the sort of arrow pointing, arrows pointing back at themselves, being lost, um, the feeling of being lost when you're a child. Um, at the woods, you know, it's almost that, uh, almost like what's the... Um, uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream. It's like yeah, almost okay. like that childlike fantasy of being lost in the woods and not, not really knowing what you're doing or where you're going. Um, those are things that jump out at me straight away um, and potential symbols as well. And I think that's another thing, reading through this section of the exam, you have to be a cross symbol. Like you have to have a strong understanding of what symbol is. And, and how, how the you... other can 
can reflect the child and or can be you know yeah. work in yeah. contrast to the to the child. So um and how you can do that symbolically. Yeah. But as a solo actor having to create two vastly different characters or concepts in one body. Yeah. So what what symbol would you choose for this answer? Uh, I'd be talking about the symbolic dif- uh, physically symbolically different so the idea of, of the child or the other manifesting within the idea of what the fears that we have about other people are often projections that we have of ourselves yeah and how you can do that how one actor can create multiple characters because that one person is the fears manifesting within yeah you're actually yeah. using the transformations to showcase some of your ideas as well it's not just external stimulus like I've you know the handkerchief in my pocket or mm. anything like that mm. I think I'd be going with the idea of like the other being something that, you know being we only we only um, in my mind like we don't we only call someone an other when we don't understand them we don't know their name yet and we're not familiar with them and that stimulus image four of um of the, the child trying to climb the wall into like this mysterious this other place um, and stimulus image three which you have to refer to in this in this section um, and you know, and then I saw a pair of eyes looking back at me. It's like almost like reflections or things looking back at you. Um, so straight away, I'm thinking, um, and all that needed to be was a mirror in the yeah. special place, reflecting themselves and being Reflect- scared of what they don't know. And there's your things. there's your symbol right there, isn't it? Yeah. You know, mirror and like looking and being afraid of your own potential or what you might turn into. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to go with mirrors as my right. symbol for this one. All right. So and then. Uh, Part A, select one of the images in the stimulus material for question two. I think we're going with a figure looking over the wall. Yeah. We talked about yeah, that. Okay, we that. can refer to any of them. And then use brainstorming. Uh, explore how the actor will use the selected stimulus image as a symbol through the device solo performance. Now, yeah. now they're looking at ways that you brainstorm. Yeah, and that's it's such a simple thing that we think we're across, right? But I think um, sometimes we're not very sophisticated. So how do you brainstorm? everyone's go-to brainstorm idea is a mind map, isn't it? It's put just, the word in the, put the, word in the middle and branches out everywhere. And, and, and that, that is a, that's a way of brainstorming. But how else can we brainstorm apart from just mind mapping? Yeah, we can do a thesaurus run where we think of as many words that relate to that word as possible, yep. just in a line, in yep. a run. And then you can do words going both ways. So think of it like down and across rows and columns. So yeah, you yeah. have a word, then words, and then the next word, and then how that responds. You could do your Venn diagram. Yeah, um, you know, potentially you have your... your, your your child and your other, and then your crossover. So what, what's the similarities between the child and the other? You're in your two circles where they cross over? Stream of consciousness writing. I don't know that one. Tell me about that. That's just when you pick a word, then you write for as long as you can about that. Stream of consciousness. Oh, cool. Just write, really write, 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 write. So you yeah. brainstorm and you can't stop. So yeah. You've got 30 seconds and you just have to just write as much as you can. As That's many great. words, phrases, concepts, or ideas. Yeah. Idea of lists, putting lists up as, as you can. Yeah. And so, so brainstorming. So we've got some techniques now and you have to brainstorm how the actor will be able to use the selected stimulus image as a symbol throughout the solo. So that's why it's important to to have your symbol straight away. You know, you're going with the wall or the, the wall. wall. Yeah. I'm going with mirrors. So in my in my Venn diagram or in my, um, what would you call it? Your thesaurus run? No, yeah, thesaurus run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, straight away, I'm going to be going with accounts. It's all about my symbol idea of mirrors and things being reflected back at you. Um and then maybe go to B. Let's go to B. Using improvisation, explore how the actor will use one or more expressive skills to show the contrast between the characters. That's where your list before yeah. is really important yeah, to yeah. make sure not not both both lists aren't full of the same words. Yeah. If they're both got fragile, weak, small, pathetic, then you're not going to be able to show that clear contrast. Yeah. And you know, improvisation is again as a tool for trial and exploring, exploring and um, and testing things out. 
So just like we mentioned before with improvisation, it's good to know um, a few different ways that you can test and trial things, especially to explore contrast. Um, you know, there's a great improvisation game um, where uh, where you, you perform one action and then you perform the contrasting version of that action immediately um, to explore the, like, the juxtaposition between those two things. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but that could be a great technique to use here. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're playing and exploring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, C is applying the playmaking technique of scripting. Have you yeah. had some questions about this maybe? Now, actually, can I just go back to question B for a sec? There's oh, one yeah. more thing I thought of. Um, you know, a, a great... Yeah. A great tool for an actor to use in, in um, improvisation is uh, is is Rudolph LeBarn. And for those those of you that aren't familiar with Rudolph LeBarn, he was a, a um, uh, he was a great thinker in terms of um, in terms of movement. And he came up with a system to to sort of analyze dance and dancers and how they moved. Uh, and it can be applied perfectly to acting. Uh, but here is where you could um, use LeBarn techniques of analyzing essentially space, weight, and timing. Um, and, you know, exploring how a character uses their space, weight, and time in contrasting ways. But I think that's a really great way. If your teacher hasn't taught you about it, have a look at it. Um, it's a really great um, tool for improv, improv and character building. Okay, back to question C. Excellent. The technique of scripting and talking through scripting and what a script might look like in this context for only three marks. Mm. So we're looking at dialogue, things that the characters might say. Yeah. That's about probably that repeating phrase again and again. Mm-hmm. And then how you might transform using the morph or the meld or the give and the take or the, uh, the, um, the, the spin and clap. <laughs> you yeah, know, you know they were supposed to use uh, yeah, those different techniques, and then scripting those out. So yeah. you might say, "Child, um, who are you? You, you, you." And as that word "you" is replayed again and again, the monster starts to emerge, and their arms become grotesque and almost look disjointed and otherworldly as they create the character of the other, which is just a heightened version of themselves shouting, you, you, as their voice changes to become the monster. That and might be an example of us. You guys can't see Nick right now, but he has his hands up twisted in all <laughs> yeah, kinds yeah. of positions. Hopefully so, I perfectly... So here they're really testing your, your ability to use language and to use stage directions um, to create that moment of transformation. So we can read it and go, oh, I know exactly what's happening there. You know what scripting is. Scripting is not just the words you say, it's also the actions you take. That's right. And sometimes even the symbolic value of that moment. Yeah, So yeah. you can kind of get it in your yeah. head. You know, this, the question says, include stage directions and dialogue if required. But it's kind of, that if is almost... That's a great <laughs> if. It's a great if. It's like saying, use language and stage directions, right? It's basically telling you to use them. Um so I wouldn't ignore that. I'd, I'd definitely be going for language and, and stage directions. Question D. Now, this is about reflecting on feedback again. The great part about this question is that it asks, it tells you that the audience did, does not think that the actor satisfied the criteria of application of symbol. They're saying it's not deep enough. The understanding of symbol just wasn't clearly there. They didn't get it. And then you have to think about how you're going to refine your performance to do it. So even if you thought you thought your idea was perfect mm-hmm. and the symbol was applied majestically, yeah. then you want to think about, okay, what, what more can I do to really clearly showcase the contrast yeah. in a sophisticated way? I think the danger with this question is is um, is that you almost forget that it's all about the refinement of a skill and just and you start to just you know create a new idea again. And you're saying, oh, to, to show the contrast effectively between the two characters, I would do this. But actually it's saying you've already done that. And, and the, the, the contrast wasn't clear enough. So what are you going to do to refine or to extend? So Exaggerate more, yeah, heighten. That's right. So you have to keep going with your original idea and talk about um, you know, how you would 
um, create a clear contrast. And I think most students would say, I would just do the same thing I was doing, but just more contrast. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Bigger, layer in the contrast. Smaller. Yeah, bigger, higher, smaller. Lower. But, it, you, but you might actually layer in something else here. Voice. Yeah, you might say, oh, okay, well, if, if, it, if my body language wasn't enough to communicate the contrast, then maybe my voice could also come into it as well. Or the actual relationship that the child speaks to the audience, the other does not. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there might so be the child comes closer to the audience and maybe I, did, I wasn't doing that. So it's not just by exaggerating more, it's by layering in more things. And remember, um, we are talking about a solo. So even though we're talking about these two characters, one actor yeah. is still playing both. Yeah, that's right. And you got to remember that too. Part E. Part E, and this is the last question on the exam. Yeah, the char- one of the characters has to leave. The special place. And this is the climactic moment. So the tension builds and rises and gets to this moment of yes. the climax. Yeah. And so how you- are you going to show this climactic moment? Yeah, so you've got, a, um, you've got two conventions here, and you've got your symbol. The symbol and it should be the same symbol that you're carrying through um, the whole way. You can, I mean, does the question give you scope to change your symbol? Um no, it says it may be the symbol, symbol explored in part A. So you have to state and you see yeah. the symbol for clarity yeah, at yeah. the bottom there. Um, and you have to use your conventions as well to, to show how the, um, the But not will... character, time or place. So other conventions, yeah. Yeah. Pla- you know, placards, caricature, there are things you can use and do. Other yeah. conventions. So you choose two of your conventions, state the symbol, and then... Go to town on describing how you're clearly going to bring that to life. And again, I'd be, even though it doesn't ask you to go back to the stimulus images, I would be constantly referring to them. Those um, arrows pointing back at each other for your mirror. Yeah, yeah. Those, you know, being, you know, and the arrows, because in the stimulus images, one arrow is made of rocks and the other one seems to be made of one stone. One, one stone. So there's, there's, some, there's something you can extrapolate from that. Um, I'm sure there's some genius stuff in there. Maybe, you know, that, that your reflection of you is is just a more solid version of you or something like that you know? so, yeah, like you, you pull out a, you pull out something from it um and then you have to be able to you know layer in conventions of theater so you know how could you use like puppetry or mask mask might be a really great one you know one mask is taken away to reveal a different facial expression underneath or uh, whatever it might be this you can um but i guess the key skill here is a having a really strong symbol that's clear doesn't have to be doesn't have to be super complex and in fact i would avoid being so complex with your symbol that your assessor's going huh i don't get it yeah Um, a mirror too far a link yeah like a mirror reflecting yourself back at you is a great symbol Mm -hmm. your idea of the wall um you explained to me yeah separating two things and looking over a wall to your place of peace and, and tranquility and looking over the wall somewhere else because this isn't good enough. Yeah, so the wall obviously being the symbol of the thing that stops you yeah. from achieving that, right? Yeah. And um, then imagine climbing over that wall. Yes. One of your symbols and then having to leave this the space and how hard that is to leave the space yeah. and how, how difficult that would be for a small, fragile, young, this is the child, yeah. to climb what is a, a huge... So, so, for example, convention one could be, let's say, exaggerated movement. And this struggle to get over that wall could be insurmountable. You know, using you know, it could be like the. I can imagine again. You can't see me moving, but um, using your arms and legs to as you're scaling whatever problem it is that's in front of you, and then the change, the contrast in your body language as you as you overcome that challenge. Getting into stillness and silence, perhaps yeah. that moment of relief. Yeah, and resting in there, and stillness and silence could be your second convention, maybe. Yeah. They don't um, necessarily have to connect, but no, they, they don't. Could, they, they, but they could. They could if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the the key thing here is being clear with your symbol, 
making it a simple but effective a symbol uh, symbol and then also um, being really clear with your ideas and explaining them in great detail so the so that when you're a sophisticated language, language um, when your assessor reads it they have to be able to picture it exactly on stage um, you know when it, this is where this is where you know um, when you're practicing as a class and practicing practice answers, um, if you read other people's exams, and I really encourage you to like read other people's practice questions if you can, you'll be able to even tell as a student which ones are really clear and which ones are super unclear. If you read one and you think, I can't picture that at all, um, or what is this person trying to say? That's exactly what the assessor is going to think as well. And then suddenly you'll read one that someone writes and you go, oh, that's great. I can picture that exactly. That's a great answer. Yes. Yeah. Clarity, clarity, clarity. And you can even do that for, although it's not often advised generally, but do it for Mumsy and Popsicle or whoever you have at home and hmm. have it and say, you know, what do you see? What do you imagine? What do you picture here? Of yeah. course, they're not going to have the vocab uh, necessarily necessary, but you're creating clear ideas that yeah. people can totally reflect on. I mean, the, the drama exam has been testing, uh, you know, the same sort of key skill for a very long time, even since I was a student. And that was giving you stimulus and seeing what you can pull out of that stimulus and reinterpret theatrically as an actor by using your acting skills and your your knowledge of how to manipulate conventions of theatre um, as an actor. And you know, and, then, and also now the especially in this exam, the the focus is heavily on on the use of symbolism. And it's brand new. We might have expected that, yeah. or we might have expected them to be a little nicer and leaned off it. A little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> they, they went heavily into double, it this Double year. down on the symbol. Yeah. We do have an episode of the aside all about symbol and different types of symbol because I think um, symbol can be confusing and hopefully that can be there to help people. But there is the 2019 VCE Drama Written Exam. Thank you for listening and good luck with your studies in 2020 or whenever you're listening to this podcast. 2040. Yeah, happens. it could hey, happen. You're oh, in 2040, who knows? Oh, thank you very much for your time today, Brendan Carroll. From that's all right. Thank Grammar. you, Nick. That is all from us at The Aside. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to look through those and find one that piques your interest. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a request for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.